What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse Mike for Hire, the podcast, Mercer himself, the Puerto Rican Kaiju himself, Christian Joe Ramos, back at it again. And today we're not doing a review, well, per se. We're not doing a show or PLE or pay-per-view review. We're just going to do a best of 2023 in wrestling. And I am here with my co-host the most, Mr. Raul Montero. What's up? What's up? And we're pretty much just sticking with AEW and uh, WWE because we do not have the time to dive into TNA, New Japan, CMLL, AAA, GCW. There's too many companies. Yes. And like if <laughs> this was our full-time job and we had like the capability and like finances and the it. resources. Yes. Talk about money. Exactly. If we had the time of day to watch, if we got paid literally to watch wrestling, of course we would fucking review Wrestle Kingdom slash uh, Hard to Kill slash anything going on like a triple mania like all this shit like i i would love to do this the job but we don't we have normal jobs nine to fives we go to we do this out of the we don't really make money off this this out of the the passion of reviewing and talking about wrestling and i'm just 2023 when it comes to wrestling it's just been a chaotic year can we say honestly this is the best year in wrestling in over the last 30 years I would say, honestly, since the end of the Attitude Era. I've never seen so much wrestling options, right? And so much so that it's hard to keep up with them, especially if you have a family, friends, a life outside of TV. I think that we definitely have what I call is a surplus, similar to having there's too many streaming services. And everyone wonders, oh, what shows are you watching? Because you just don't know what they have. Like, I have Paramount Plus. I mainly use it to watch movies. That's where, that's mainly my movie app. Even though they have shows on there, it's we're New Line, new, new, we're new line Cinema. Yeah. All those classic TMNT movies, like everything Nick-based, everything from like the Scream series, like there's just a lot of those films on on there. So like if I want to have a movie night, that's where I do it. But as far as TV, I'm not going to lie to you, Apple Plus has been kicking ass with television. Oh, dude, I can't wait to watch that uh, Patriots docuseries. Bro, that, that, um, the Steph Curry documentary is such a good watch. Not even just the documentary stuff. I've been watching the Godzilla show Monarch. Uh, Legacy of Monsters. I want to see that, especially so after all the good stuff I've been hearing about Minus One. Yeah, it's it's so, uh, yeah, it's one of the shows I've been reviewing currently, and I gotta say, if there's a show people should watch, uh, it's, uh, let me find my list, Best of 2023, because... Uh, let me just type yeah, in. Christian does not title a lot of his stuff. It, it, I, I don't know how to do it, I guess I'm doing Dude. it wrong. No, it's very simple. Like, just click one, and then it'll just... There we go. Like, I found it. Oh, sweet. So, like, if you just click right here... Oh, that's where it goes. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it'll automatically fill in from the... No, you don't even have to copy or paste it. Just tap it. And it copies the first line. That's crazy. But well, yeah. There you go. So... Here's my list. Uh, first one we're going to start off with is the Royal Rumble of last yep. year. I remember this Rumble not being my favorite Rumble. Rumble, if that makes sense. Like Rumble parts. Are yes. The, the stuff that I look forward to. It's my favorite WWE pay-per-view of all time because of the mystery of who's next and who came back from injury and who came back from getting fired, who came back just for one night. There's just always a, pri- a surprise element. What legends can they bring back? And... Believe it or not, it wasn't 
that wasn't the best match of the night for the men or women. For me, it was the Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens match. Yes. I second that completely. Like, I really like the Women's Rumble. Oh. Mm. The Women's Rumble was so much fun, especially when... Way better than the men's. I'll give it that. Yeah. Like, everyone looks at me funny, like, oh, why don't you like the Men's Rumble? And it's honestly because they spoil the Cody surprise they, and they, have him come out at 30. Not even just that. They just had to... They, they, they uh, what's the... What Telegraph. Telegraph way too much... So you, there's no intrigue if I already know what the fucking, like, the, the we're, we're going to go with this. Yes. The women's one was, like, fascinating because, like, you saw Liv and Rhea, like, I go the distance. I literally thought Liv was going to have a comeback year. And Rhea took it out and, and won the Rumble with uh, Asuka's help, right? She got yeah. Liv all... Uh, misted. Misted. It was awesome. I mean, but, of course... The Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens match, it wasn't even the match. It's the Bloodline storyline where Sammy turned on Roman. Yes. Which is still part of the same thing. Like, which Roman's got to stop giving his back with people in a chair. <laughs> All right. So next up, Elimination Chamber. I Again, Roman and Sammy. This was in Montreal. Dude, the fact the go-home show. Mania, right? The go-home show, they brought back Worlds Apart. And just the ovation. Oh, let's go. Like, it was a mania in itself. Yeah. They tried to, like, and especially with Cody giving that rah-rah speech to Sammy to really put him over. Not like he needed it. Sammy's still fucking over his shit. Um, But, yeah, this match was a banger. I remember reviewing it. I gave it, like, a crazy-ass score. I don't even remember, but it was one of my favorites. So, next up, this is a tough one. WrestleMania 39. See, here was the thing I was going to ask you. Are we dividing it night one, night two, or just overall? Overall. That's why I made it harder. Okay. Because I will say night one was the better card. Yes. That was the Triple H card. Yes. (laughs) Night two was the Vince McMahon card. But I will say the best match overall was the Triple Threat for the IC title. And honest to God, being honest, that was match of the year on many people's podcasts. Yeah. I... Uh, you can see Drew versus Sheamus and Gunther. That was my favorite meat match of the year. <laughs> you got three meaty men slapping meat, but they all brought their shit, their A game. Like they all brought it up, and it was the most epic battle. That and the weird battle royale where uh, where um, not Ford uh, Dawkins, where he shoulder tackles. Oh yeah, the um, uh, tag team showcase. That was fire. With yeah. Titus O'Neil on commentary. I was so hyped for this shit. I mean, another honorable mention for me, obviously, the tag title match main event. Yep. That's a good one. But also, just to appeal to my Spanish side, Ray versus Dominic. You know what? I'll do this. Night two was the tag title, right? No. Uh, that's a triple threat. Night one, the tag title was the main event. Okay, then the, then okay, so I guess, okay, cool, we can pick both. But yeah, um, this Mania was one of the better sets. Yes. It was in Los Angeles. I almost got tickets and planned for this, but I couldn't financially make it happen. Then I made it my mission to get tickets to Mania in Philly, and I did it. And thank God Philly is the city they chose because A, proximity. I live in the greater Boston area. Philly is only like eight hours away in car. Uh, on train, it's not that bad either. I'm going to probably take an Amtrak overnight with my friend Abner, and we're going to just go there and have a ball. I was going to get Wally Mania tickets, but now i got to make sure I get Thursday off if I want to go to that. 
but I'll probably go to Supercard on Friday. Um, but I'm debating, do I go to Supercard or go to SmackDown? Because if they're going to do the Hall of Fame, that would be right after SmackDown. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm debating. I might just do Supercard because then I can see Ring of Honor wrestlers and matches the same weekend I'm seeing, you know. The, it's we'll Yeah, see. it's so much wrestling at once. So much wrestling at once. But I'm definitely going to get night one tickets soon. But I got night two tickets. So night one will be easy because there's a lot of on resale market right now. And I know for a fact my hotel's paid for. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, but uh, let's move on. Uh, backlash in Puerto Rico and San Juan in the Ocholi Sales, we called it. Uh-huh. We already know what's match of the night. It's Bad the true Bunny. main the true main event. This shit was the main event. Bad Bunny came out with John Bear with the drone shot, looking like a badass, like a boss, with the cart against Damian Priest. This was the main event. I don't go fuck what anybody tells me. No, like, sorry, Cody Brock, you sh- you should have been downgraded. It should have been downgraded. This should have ended the night because everything about it was like a. All right, have a good night, everybody. They should have started with Bad Bunny and Brock. I mean, Bad Bunny. Uh, Cody and Brock. Get it out the way. Yeah. That way Brock gets to go home early. And made this the main event because, bro, the whole stadium obviously knows Bad Bunny's music. He's a huge star in PR. But also, like, every Hispanic knows at least one of your songs. Yeah. Like, he's just that popular. I I mean, the return of Carlito, Savio Vega getting his huge pop. There was a lot. There was a lot. And they didn't even need that for make this interesting. I mean... Bad Bunny with his uh, Minchinoku driver slash Bunny Destroyer. Like, he did everything. And this is the best thing ever. The full match is on YouTube right now. And I go through it at least every couple of days just for the entrance. You know how many non-wrestling fans I found watched the match because it was Bad Bunny? People that, like, haven't watched wrestling since, like, the Rufus Aggression era. They're like, oh, yeah, Peacock. Might as well give it a shot. I'm like, yeah, watch the damn card. Like, these people are working hard. Watch the product. Oh, that's another thing, too. Uh, my roommate, who happens to be a teacher, uh, put on this match for his students, and they're, like, freshly into the country, and they're like, wait, Bad Bunny fights? <laughs> ba- Bad Bunny! Bad Bunny! I think it's hysterical that, that he's got, like, a wrestling club going on. It's awesome. And it's fantastic. So... That was match of the night. Uh, next up, we have Night of Champions. I just put Seth versus AJ. It was a solid match. This was not one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year for WWE. I think it was one of the lackluster years for them. Yeah, for me, my match would be Roman Solo versus KO Sammy. Because the whole turn at the end no, of the I'm, night. You know, yeah, absolutely. And again... Not every pay-per-view from WWE at this point was, let's be honest, we're still going through the Vince cells, and once the, all the yeah. Vince cells got fired, which thank God they got rid of Kevin Dunn, the last one left, now it's fully, uh, we're fully enthralled. I think the only one left is Pritchard, right? And Pritchard plays ball. Mm. Pritchard actually likes Triple H. If I remember correctly, him and Triple H never had a bad, like, Pritchard is like a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets along with everybody. The only people he doesn't get along with are not allowed to get rehired. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to throw names. But there are certain wrestlers who Pritchard and them had beef. I currently do. You can find it on podcasts. That's why they can't return to companies, even for a Rumble spot. So anybody that wouldn't like Pritchard is not there anymore. Let's leave it at that. Yes. Um. This, this, okay, so now Money in the Bank. Now things start heating up. Yes. I think it's hard to go from Backlash 
to not a champions because we didn't expect Backlash to be not just a bad buddy in Damian Priest match. The entire card, they really made it feel like a big event. And not to mention, like, the crowd was, like, a post-mania crowd. Like, so lively. Also, we got to give a shout-out to Zelina versus Rhea. Mm. That would have been my secondary match of the night. She came out in full Puerto Rican flag thinking gear. And Rhea, who obviously is loved, they, they booed at her, like, actual heel. I mean, they even... The Chancla. Oh, they had a... Puerto Rico has a weird love for EO Sky. Yeah. Anyways, that was... To boo Bianca was crazy because she never got booed like this before. And um, they just love Rio. They love, I mean, what can we say? We love our our, our, uh, our Joshi wrestlers. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, Money in the Bank in England. This is in London. This is when they brought Cena to announce, we could bring WrestleMania to your town if you want. Hmm. <laughs> um, John Cena politic never changes. Uh, <laughs> this was a great, like, Mission Impossible themed uh, pay-per-view. I think it was Mission Impossible that was, like, presenting it, right? Uh, I think it was more James Bond. Was it James Bond? You sure? It, I mean, I think it is and, a tie-in to Mission Impossible. Because we haven't seen a Bond movie in theaters in a long time. And I remember Mission Impossible came out last year. Yeah, it so, could have been that, but also I'm thinking because... It's England. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of played into it. And, um, again, they've had this... They've had the Mountain Dew go in the dark uh, match. They've had the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Battle Royale. They've had yeah. the Cheez Its Battle Royale. I'm all I'm okay with branding matches. It makes things more hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like imagine having a blood feud and it's sponsored by Cheerios. Like you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like it's just the funniest thing. It's advertising. It's marketing. It's gonna happen, and you're gonna see more of it now that Endeavor has WWE in the same roof. You're gonna see some of it also in. Even AEW, they have a Suicide Squad theme match yeah. with Samoa uh, Joe and Hook this week on Dynamite. Which I'm going to say this straight up: anyone who has not seen the Texas Chainsaw match, mm. holy crap! Like, have I would, some drinks flowing. It is so bad, it's amazing. It's so bad, it's great. Listen, that's what wrestling is. It's a car wreck. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not. I mean, even the Yakuza match where you had Kota Ibushi. On the bike? If he went a little faster on the bike, it would have been a little more relievable. He's going very gingerly. But anyways, enough of that. Yeah. Um, Money in the Bank, I put the women's Money in the Bank match. I thought it was a better all-around uh, Money in the Bank match. And this is the one where EO won. So, obviously, she... And she kept it more than a night. And this is the weirdest trope. WWE, by coincidence, the past three Money in the Banks, the women have not kept the belt for more than 24 hours. I don't know why, but it's the dumbest thing ever. The only woman that I think kept it for, like, longer time was Carmella, who Carmella. has the longest time with the briefcase. Yeah, and that's when James Ellsworth was still in the company. So that was a long time ago. And Carmella now is not even wrestling anymore. She's raising kids and having babies, right? So, like, at this point, they had to make this mean something. And thankfully, Triple H is at helm still. And at this point, slowly, Vince is getting... Was it this time he was getting fired or let go? I forget. Uh, roughly around this time. So he had more control, and it was a great card. The whole card is amazing, but the women's Money in the Bank match really stood out for me. How about you? What was the... Bloodline Civil War. Bloodline Civil War makes sense. That because was a great match. Jay getting that pin, like, everyone just looks like it, like, you oh, mean, no, you mean, Roman should have eaten that pin when he lost the title. So, was this the birth of Main Event Uso? 
I mean, yeah, most definitely. All right, so I gotta say, you're right. The tribal combat. No, no, no it's the Bloodline Civil War tag. Oh, sorry. All right, so then at SummerSlam, I put the tribal combat match of Roman versus Jay. Yeah, for me, the SummerSlam was kind of meh. Yeah, like a lot of the matches, including what I would say is my worst match of the year. I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna say it boldly. I preferred the Nashville one a year prior because a lot more interesting things happened. The perfect damage control, um, Brock getting a tractor to freaking lift up the ring. Yeah, like, there was a lot more to it. This one because not only that, that was right after Vince got taken out of power. Yeah, so this one here was more of like, okay, now that we're settled in. Now what? Yeah. And for me, it was more storytelling than it was gimmicks. Not again. It, it's not nitpicking. It's just it. Sometimes you just have a better card the following next year. It happens. For me, I think by default it would be Cody Brock three. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, next up, payback. I put Trish versus Becky in a cage. This was the match of the night for me. Yeah, it was a solid opener. And Trish never had a cage match in her career, which I found stunning, but then I forgot she wasn't there for the Ruthless Aggression era. She left as soon as the Azure era ended because she retired. And then, No, she was still in part of the Ruthless Aggression. But Lay Cool was the birth of, like, what I would consider Ruthless Aggression era, I would normally would call it the MTV era of WWE. So, like, anywhere from... 2008 till 2009 or 10. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because she was there 07. But then... I thought it was 06. Oh, because sorry. she retired, I think, TLC in Toronto, mm. where she won the title off Alita and, you know... First to retire. Yeah. And then she came back in, what, 2010 or 2011? No, she was gone for a long time. Yeah, like, she made sporadic appearances, but I don't think she came back to the ring to, like, Mania 27. Like, 2016, 15, around there. She she looks great. Like, she... I love that they took off this whole, oh, you're over 30, you're over the hill. Like, no, what the fuck? Like, you got men wrestling in their 70s. Why can't women wrestle older? Like, and mind you, she's a great-looking 40-something. Like, she yeah. looks amazing. So, like, now... In her 40s, she's like, I want to do a dream match. I was like, yeah, give her all the damn... Like, she was even in her first ladder match in the Women's Money in the Bank. That's what she broke her face, right? Yeah. That was nuts. Okay, so we agreed on that. Next up, Fast Lane. This is... Uh, I picked Seth versus Shinsuke for The Last Man Standing. This was the whole backstory of Shinsuke knowing that Seth has a bad back and they made it into some sort of fucking anime with the dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it became, like, a whole villain arc for Shinsuke. And, like, finally, they're giving Shinsuke something to work with here. And it was the match where, like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought Seth should have lost the belt at this point because how much cooler would have been for him to chase it at Crown Jewel or Survivor Series? Like, yeah. To try to get back. And that way, Shinsuke can have one fucking world of title run under his belt. Like, give the man his props. Because... I'm sorry to say, he's starting to get over the hill with his uh, physicality. Like, he's getting to the point. They should have given it to him in New Orleans, WrestleMania New Orleans, against AJ. I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger. Because he can't speak proper English. Bro, you couldn't give him a manager? Dude, like, not saying it needed to be Funaki, but, like, someone to at least match his enthusiasm, in a sense. Yo, you could have gotten... Like, think of how Alex Abrahantes is in AEW. You could have got him a hot Japanese woman. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Zelina, but, mm-hmm. like, an Asian woman from Japan who he is known to be... And she could have been his cohort. 
kind of like Lana had for Rusev. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could have had this where, like, a young, attractive woman, if you didn't want to hire another dude to be a manager. Like, there's ways around this. Like, you could have gotten any manager in the past that could understand Shinsuke. Or even fake it. Like, Shinsuke whispers or says some shit in Japanese and then on the scripts, Teddy Long's like, all right, play what Shinsuke said. You know, like, just anything would have worked and they didn't bother. But I get it. Shinsuke should have tried hard to learn uh, English. It's harder in your later years to learn. The, yeah. I mean, we're both doing Duolingo right now. That shit is not easy for me. No. My Japanese still sucks. I'm trying to learn. But uh, I want to know some stuff when I go to Tokyo. So, all right. For me, mm-hmm. like, this to me was my worst PLE of the year. Because nothing, like, truly engaged me. I was like, yeah, okay. There is a lot of C and D tier pay-per-views. I'm sorry, premium live events that WWE does, and they do it for the money grab and for just because it's part of the cycle. They like, don't really make them all big. But this year, they're making every PLE mean something. Yeah, like, for me, like, just re-going through... Because this is the first TKO show. Mm-hmm. And, like, it still had, like, those rough patches. I mean, for me, I would say Bloodline versus Cena Knight. Why not? If anything, the Bloodline is always a good match to fall back on. Yeah. Fastlane was uh, just talking about now we're going to Crown Jewel. I picked Rhea in a Fatal Five-Way for the women's title. Believe it or not, this was, my, was actually my favorite match of the night. Uh, second place, I had Logan Paul versus Ray, but this is literally my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I would have the exact same thing as well. Like, I know we agree a lot no, on this. Listen, guys, stuff. here's the thing. I'm not here to, like, have our old literally say what I say. It's his opinion. If we both agree on something, it's just we can see the good talent. No, like, if you go back to the episode, we are just, like, gushing at this match. It was... Seeing the women, like, stand out like this was fucking amazing. And then also Logan Paul's first pay-per-view. I'm sorry, premium live event. Like, title match. Title match. No, after uh, last year. Yeah. When he faced Roman. Yeah, so this was a huge deal. Because he doesn't do as many matches. He's more there as as a uh, attraction. And it works. And because this match... Rey Mysterio almost got paralyzed. and uh, He he was able to catch him. Yeah, and of course, Logan Paul takes... Also, the blame for, like, hey, if I was in the right spot, he wouldn't have crashed and burned either. Like, yeah, I get it. But you know what? Things happen. Glad nothing happened that could have happened. Let's just leave it at that. But the woman, that's why I gave it to the woman. Because because of the botch, I had to give it the women match. Because there was no botches in the women's matches. There was no injuries. That, even with Nia Jax there, we, we infamously, infamously shit on. <laughs> Everyone looked like a star in this match. So... With uh, Zoe Stark and and uh, the buildup was amazing. With Zoe yeah. Stark, Shayna Baszler, who else in the match? Uh, Rhea, Raquel, all the bat the baddest women in the hunt. and it looked believable because again the big issue of Rhea's reign, which people always say it's padded, is because half the women's roster are all micro sized. I'm just gonna say it; they're all yeah. five feet and under. It's not their fault because they were hired for their sex appeal versus their wrestling. Like back then, they were hiring for looks. Then they showed you how to wrestle. Now they want actual athletes who can learn to wrestle. Right. Who are still, mind you, attractive. Because a lot of the Shawn Michaels students, hot. Like, NXT has never been more attractive, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> but, yeah, now they're like not looking for the diva-esque. They're looking for, like, actual, like, pro ballers who want to give it a shot at wrestling. Like, there's been a lot of volleyball players that have transitioned. A lot of martial artists have transitioned. Um, and WWE is, they don't even have to look for more women talent. They can literally just 
churn them out like a factory with their nail program, NIL program. Right. Um, but yeah, um, next up, Survivor Series War Games. War Games. What was your match of the night? It's the women's match because, like, they Same. really brought it. <laughs> Again, it's just we have, like, that Venn diagram of overlap. But, like, this one really brought it compared to, like, the men's match. The, men, the men's match, honestly, is more memorable for the ending segment. The men's match was b- built up for the surprise return of CM Punk to WWE, which was literally after the pay-per-view was over and the damn lower third popped up. I thought it was over. I was watching a video on YouTube. We spoke about this. Yeah. It was just an okay pay-per-view with everyone secretly talking about TM Punk. Like, he's coming back. He's coming back. And then, like, winking at the camera about it with the... You know, that's what it was. So, I gave the women's match the car, uh, the match tonight because they actually brought their... They, they even brought back the spot with... Uh, Eo you know, in the, the trash can. In the trash can, like, over the cage. I loved it. Okay. So, we're done with WWE, we're moving on to AEW, we're now going to Revolution. I pick MJF versus Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match. I will be honest, I've gone on record to say I fucking hate Ironman matches. But yes, gonna... because the whole gimmick is like, how are they going to keep you entertained for 60 minutes? And by God, they pulled it off. And this was just like an epic, like, they actually kept me interested. I wasn't bored out of this. And... In the end, MJF retained his belt, and his post-media scrum was, like, the most memorable <laughs> promo he's given. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was the match of the night. How about yourself? It, I went back and forth between House of Black, Ali, and the Iron Man match. But the thing that really sold me is, like, when they're going into overtime for the Iron Man match, MJF is just, like... Dying on the floor with oxygen because he can't keep it up. Meanwhile, Danielson is just doing jumping jacks. Like, I can do this all day. Danielson's a freak. He is the epitome of your toxic positivity health nut. Like, if he wasn't a wrestler, he'd probably be a personal trainer somewhere in the mountains. I definitely see that. I would hate to be a student of Brian Danielson. It's like fucking wrestling school. Because you know he's going to make his wrestling students do a lot of crazy, uh, stereotypical coach from a kung fu movie. Like, <laughs> all right, you're going to lift that log and go up the, of that mountain. See you in three days. Uh, next up, Double or Nothing. I put Chris Statlander versus Jade Cargill. Even though it was like a one-minute match, it's because finally Jade Cargill has been slain. And uh, Chris Statlander finally gets her TBS title reign started. That's what I picked it. For me, it was the moment, not the match. Right. How about you? For me, uh, it was between the Battle Royal or uh, the Four Pillars match. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, that makes sense. The Four Pillars match was built for this. Like, I understand how important it is, but just that ending spot with Cassidy and just like, just casually kicking off Swerve at the end. That was funny, like Wiley Coyote. But, <laughs> Just falling off the edge. Like, that was a great spot, but my favorite spot of the night was the Four Pillars match where all of them hit their mentors' moves, and it really sold all of their simultaneous stories at once, so I'm going Four Pillars. Oh, yeah, Jack Perry did the Unprettier, right? Yes. That's hysterical. All right, next up. We're going to review... All right, this is where it's going to be very... We're going to agree too much on this. Yeah. Forbidden Door. 
One, two, three. Omega <laughs> versus Opera. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that right. All right, let's do it at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, Connor Danielson. Really? Yes. Oh. Even I'm... with the arm spot, like, it's the Don Callis stuff that kind of, like, knocked it down for me. Right. But hearing the final countdown, that ovation. Oh, I didn't, even think, I didn't even think about that. The moment that song that cost, like, $3 million or whatever. Like, here was the thing. Like, I think we talked about it in the episode, but, like, I was so winded from the night. It's like, okay, I'm just going to take, like, a tiny little, like, micro nap before. You were falling asleep on the couch. Then all of a sudden, (laughs) and I immediately was like, no, no. Tony Khan actually paid for it. $3 million. That's more than an AEW contract for a wrestler. But you know what? It was fucking worth it because it's immortalized on this pay-per-view card. Yes. And the crowd. My God. Um, so yeah, for me, it was Omega versus Osprey because this match was like coming off the Wrestle Kingdom match last year. That was crazy. This one wasn't as crazy per se, but fucking Osprey did the craziest uh, Tiger Driver and ended up becoming his like Jordan logo for his t-shirt. I'm like, okay, this is how you do it. And by God, that was a crazy match. Okay. Next up we have All In. Out of Wembley in England and London, of course, in the football stadium, I put the main event of MJF versus Adam Cole. We might not agree on this one, but I thought the build, the story was great with Roderick being the simp for uh, Adam. Adam. Cole. Yeah, and it like it's the start of the devil arc. Yeah. So like it's this beginning of this shitty story that we like dragged on for too long, only because of injury, but it was the start of this whole descension of MJF. That's, as I like to call it. But um, how about you? What about All In? What did it like? Uh, I'm going trios match. I'm going acclaimed House of Black. Oh, that was a great match. Especially with Julia Hart getting uh, <laughs> getting wrecked. Um, like, it. everyone knows who listens to me, I'm such an acclaimed mark. Like, meeting Max Caster earlier this year, having a chance to chat with him, and just... I'm always going to, like, simp for the acclaim. You want to know something funny? Mm. Uh, Bowens is actually a gym buddy of one of my cousins in Jersey. Word? Yeah, because he lives in Newark, but he Bowens went to the same gym he does. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I know Anthony Bowens. He's like, oh, you didn't know he was a wrestler? He's like, I do now. <laughs> uh, next up, the all-out pay-per-view. Meat. 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 I put Miro versus Hobbs. Danielson Starks for me. Which is fine. I'll tell you why I picked this one. This was the birth of the meat chance. Yes. Shout out to Big E. And they've survived. The meat chance are here to stay. It wasn't a one-time fluke. Now we expect a meat match on every damn car. Yes. <laughs> of two big meaty men slapping meat. I mean, what else can you ask for? I'm a simple man. I like my meat, big meaty men matches. As much as I like the intricate martial art athletic matches, I do like a big man match because... If I was to wrestle, in reality, I'd be a big guy. I'd be doing big man shit. I'm not going to be doing 450s and fucking 630s. I'm going to be out there lifting motherfuckers up and tossing niggas into the audience. That's all. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, that's all I got. You'd be bone saw. I would be the epitome of bone saw. Ooh, yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, Danielson starts for me because, yeah, this is coming off the heels of the whole punk thing. Oh, my God. I feel bad for Ricky. I'm glad to give him Danielson. Give him a legitimate opponent. Like, 
once again, Danielson being the person to fill in after, like, Punk leads a company. Yep. Mind you, DJ Hookid went on record to say, because he doesn't he didn't sign an NDA. Yeah. He went on record to say Punk started fighting Perry, so it was true. He went there to, he couldn't take the criticism that Perry did. Mind you, again, who the hell's Perry to criticize? But also, you're a grown-ass man fighting a kid half your age because he said some stupid shit on a, on a, pre, on a pre-show to the actual pay-per-view. Yeah. He was ready to leave that moment. So, and then he mentioned there was a fight before the fight. I don't know what is going on backstage and all of it, but... Bro, it, I cannot wait till the dark side of the ring That show. Listen, all I know is that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, something Steel. Uh, Ace Steel? Ace Steel's wife didn't attend NDA. Neither did Jericho, neither did Who Kid. So this one's going to be really fucking crazy when it comes yes. out. But nonetheless, uh, All In, it was a good card. It was an astounding pay-per-view for the horrible... Uh, you mean All Out. I'm sorry, All Out was an amazing pay-per-view for almost a response to All In's drama. Yeah, because like even the main event, honorable mention to Cassidy Mox. I feel bad because so many good wrestling matches happen, and I have people who have not kept up with AEW because of All In. Like, that yeah. was them leaving. That was their, their them jumping the shark moment. And even a buddy of mine recently said, hey, I'm starting to watch AEW because I kind of miss watching wrestling on Wednesdays. I mean, just watch it. Like, I don't understand why you don't want to watch it because of the drama backstage. Don't fucking look up YouTuber. Like, I stopped looking at podcasts that just neg every topic and just look for TMZ bullshit stories because I'm not feeding into this. You're not, I'm not your audience. I'm here to see reviews on wrestling matches, what you thought of the story, and that's cool. But once you start diving to the backstage bullshit, I don't give a damn. Like, end of the day, these men are not paying me to watch the shows. I'm going to watch them because I think it's good. So... I'm glad that I stay tuned because the concept of classic was one of the better tournaments. The best. We'll get, we'll get more into that. Oh my in a god, bit. that was amazing! But yeah, um, now as far as this pay per view, um, where are we at? All out, all out. Miro versus Hobbs was a low key banger of a match that no one suspected. Like, and then the debut of CJ Perry at the end. Oh my god, the hot and flexible CJ Perry uh, <laughs> joining AEW. That was again. It's almost like a fresh restart, and I loved it. Next up, we got Wrestle Dream. This one had too many good matches. Yes. Not to listen. I don't care what you pick. This I, is the one that like the reset for AEW in a sense. This was a to honor Antonio Noki, who passed out, passed away a year ago. They made a pay per view in his name. Wrestle Dream is a name. Ergo, New Japan and pay-per-view back in the day. It's kind of like giving an homage to it. They had 70-themed music that Antonio Noki would have came out to. It was literally, his family was out there. It was a big deal. I love the fact they had his family, and then it just cuts backstage to Christian just, like, nodding, like... <laughs> oh, my God, the dead father thing. I hate Christian sometimes. <laughs> oh, God, the fact that just recently on Collision did it to Dustin. Oh, your father is dead. I'm like, ah. Oh. Poor Dusty. Right? Yeah. Uh, I picked Danielson versus ZSJ because I've been waiting for this match for over a fucking decade. We were supposed to get it when we went live to Forbidden Door. And then, what was it, Visas, COVID? It was one of the... No, uh, Danielson was injured. Fucking... But it. we had it replaced with the debut of Claudio. Mm. Which we popped a big time for. Yes. They didn't expect that to happen. That was supposed to be for Ring of Honor. And they yeah. were like, you know what? Let's pull the Claudio card and... He came out to his theme, like a remix rock version of his theme, which I love. To this day, Claudio is like one of my favorite. Like I've always loved Cesaro. I was like a Claudio's Cafe on Twitch. Like he's just 
a very likable guy. And if y'all have not seen The Party, I recommend it so much. The Party lives on. All right, next up, we have... Well, oh, my match. Oh, I'm sorry. Your match. Go right ahead. Two out of three falls, Christian Darby. Mm. Really? Yes. I mean, it was Seattle. It was his hometown. But, like, it was a choice between three matches for me. It was this, Swerve Hangman, and Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. But the reason why I would give it to Christian Darby is because they put everything into that match. Like, once again, you don't need the world title to, like, main event every show. If you make these mid-card ones feel just as important. Someone pointed it out like, that now the TNT title feels like the, the Intercontinental Championship, where it's, like, getting prestige. And Christian really brought prestige to that title. Back when Sammy Guevara had it, I'm sorry to say, it felt like shit. It felt like nothing. This is honestly at the same tier as Cody doing the Open Challenge. Yeah, it was up there. And, of course, when a super heel like Christian was, like, very, like professional he makes this belt mean something so now when copeland does win eventually a revolution it's gonna be a big one for him yeah when he wins it in the pay view which i hope happens so at least so he could at least retire with a belt under his belt yeah <laughs> belt under his belt <laughs> you know what i'm saying um but that being said we move on to the next show we have full gear uh swerve versus hangman do i have to say anything else bro i this was okay. He drank his blood. This is like the craziest fucking like final boss fight in a western. Like it's just such a the outlaw versus the cowboy. Like you know, it was just it was amazing. It was a perfect. St- it was such a gruesome match, but even people that were squeamish could look past the squeamish part because it was such good storytelling in the ring. Uh, I love you, swear. If there is a Modi, and it's not there for an option of match of the year. I don't like your list. I don't think you're... Because that should be on the choices of match of the year. Absolutely. Like, Across even a death match, it just had such good storytelling. We know us. Winds are blood and guts. We're not squeamish for blood. We're not squeamish for stuff like that. But this match was borderline crazy. Honestly, I have never been attracted to two men more in my entire life. This was the most, like... What I, whatever we have to say is not enough, but it was so good. Next up, the last one, World's End. This was a tough one. Half of World's End was kind of shit. Other half was great. Mm-hmm. Main event of MJ versus Mojo, hands down, was my match of the, two, of the card. Kingston Moxley for me. Oh, of course, because that's the end of the content of the classic. If you guys have not been keeping up with the TV show, I know it's hard to keep up with the TV. The pay-per-views is where AEW excels in the TV show. It's kind of like hit or miss. The content of the classic was the best thing they brought back to AW to bring back that sports-like feel. And I enjoy it. I hope it happens yearly. I hope it kind of is like their round G1. robin. Their G1. You know, they, they call it, what do they call it? The C, the C, the E1. C2. The C2. And the C2, if next year they want to stretch this out and make it like four brackets, I wouldn't be opposed to that. What do you think? Most definitely, like, you have, like, enough shows to do it, but I don't know if... Logistically, like, it would make sense. Now, yeah. Because it's too much going on. Whereas, New Japan isn't on television. They can do tours based around the G1. This, if they were to make it four brackets, I think the wrestlers would be injured. It'd be too much, it'd be too yeah. much going... Because a lot of them left injured after two brackets, let alone if you do a third or fourth one. Maybe two is enough for television. 
Logistically, just because of... Yeah, because at that point, you would have, like, 24 wrestlers. Yeah. And doing the math on the matches, that would be 5 by 5 25 each. Like, almost 100 matches. That would be insane. That yeah. would be insane. But the main event, MGF versus Mojo. I am a huge Mojo mark since the birth of TNA. He got his first world title run with AW. And he's also getting his first world championship since 2008 back in TNA. Yeah. This man was long due for a world title run. And I don't count the NXT world title as a world title because at the time, NXT was always treated like a bastard stepchild. Yeah, and even when he was going to be like their world champion for a bit, had to relinquish it due to injury. It was the Vince McMahon era of the wrestling schedule right now with triple h on the uh, as the leader it's a more doable schedule the wrestlers have more time off they do house shows willingly not forced right so they're able to rest their bodies up if they need to and yeah this is the payoff to everything the whole devil storyline it's also the end of MJF's friendship with Adam Cole, who was revealed to be the devil and the kingdom are now the undisputed kingdom. We're still waiting on Kyle O'Reilly to return. I honestly thought it was going to be Kyle behind the mask. I think it should have been Kyle. But then again, I think it works. The leader is the one under the mask because he's the one giving the, the, the rules, giving up the orders. Yeah. So when they do bring Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly back, I, I have a feeling. Remember how Cole said when Warlow wins the belt that he's going to hand him over the belt and Warlow in the face like, yeah, okay. I got a feeling that Wardlow is going to say no. Kyle O'Reilly will debut again and they're all going to gang up on Wardlow and beat his ass to death. So he'll have a world title run under his belt. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just like, because they know that he's not going to play play team. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. But exactly. That being said, these have been our matches of the year. If you were to pick one match from New Japan that stood out to you this year, that's probably caught, caught on YouTube or something, it, what stood out to you? If you Omega Osprey. Omega Osprey for me, for sure. Listen, that was the most talkable match of the year, especially on a bad year for New Japan. They've had a shitty year because of COVID, post-COVID, recovery, ticket sales. Things are finally turning around for them, and now all their best wrestlers, their I mean, all their best guys in wrestlers' contracts are up in less than a couple of weeks. Uh, there's going to be another... I mean, they just lost Osprey to AEW. Well, funny enough, they lost Osprey ahead of time because Tony Khan spoke to the president's people at New Japan. He's like, hey, we're going to buy out Osprey's contract. Is that okay with you guys to still have him on the show? Because he doesn't want to pop in New Japan here and there. But he wanted to just live in England because that was the main reason New Japan even soured on Osprey because he moved back home to England because of COVID. Because he... Listen, let's be honest. Japan had some strict-ass rules during the pandemic. Like, Osprey literally was... Feeling imprisoned. Yeah, like, the fact that he had to go see his buddy's funeral. If you guys have not seen his entire promo before this It was intense, and it was real. But that was, like, the birth of the Osprey main eventer. Like, he finally stepped up to the plate and broke the ceiling. Because now, he's coming to AW as a main eventer, as somebody with a a name, and who's going to probably be in the main event against Swerve in All In this year, most likely. Oh, that would be really good. Are they going to dance this time? No. <laughs> but yeah, that's... that's Alright, and then if you were to pick one indie show that stood on match, 
that you've heard of that you thought was amazing? Uh, I'll give you the so match. Many. I'll give you mine. My match of the year that stood out was a uh, Josh Alexander from TNA versus um, Speed Speedball Mike Bailey. They had a great series of matches, but there was one I think it was uh, Speedball versus Osprey. Yeah, that was going to be mine. Oh really? Oh man, TNA. TNA is back, baby. Impact left. TNA, long live TNA. They don't have as many pay-per-views, and they're starting to do pay-per-views. I might start watching TNA again now that the, the feeling's back for TNA. You got the debut of uh, Dolph Ziggler, a.k.a. Nick Nemeth. Um, you have Dana Brooke, who debuted as Ash by Elegance. Somewhere. Ash by Design? <laughs> uh, it, it's some weird gimmick there. And then Mustafa Ali debuted in... Ash by Elegance. Yeah. Most of Ali debuted in New Japan, giving a promo against uh, Takahashi, where he wants to go against him. And Jack Perry. Yeah. He, he popped up in uh, Battle of the Valley, man. There's like a lot of like wrestlers appearing in places you don't expect them to. Uh, it's going to be an interesting contract year. I cannot wait to see where this shit goes. And uh, yeah, that's just, uh, what I have to say. Anything else for the people before we go? No, like, this has been a great year for wrestling. There's too much going on. There, like, this past weekend, we had three different shows at once. Yeah. Four, if you count Mexico. There's just too much, t- and not, not enough hours in the day to watch it all. But we had a good time watching and it. And legit, if you want us to review it all, pay us money. Like, we're more than willing to do it. We just need, like, I wouldn't say incentive, just, like, availability. We can set up a, a certain day. If we had enough people, if we became like YouTubers doing this, right? And we had set up a, a super chats or whatever you want to call it and just to get like, or even Twitch stream it, you know, like that's yeah. what we could probably both do. Um, it would be a great thing to do. But uh, for now, we're, we're going to see what happens in 2024. But thank y'all for tuning in of the best of 2023. I uh, want to wish y'all a happy Martin Luther King Day, Jr. Day. Uh, we're here because of that. We have a day off because of the man's sacrifice. Uh, we're going to appreciate that, and we're able to speak more wrestling with you guys because of it, too. Because if not, it would have been hard to squeeze us in in our schedules. So let's just say that the best of was all thanks to just, you know, you got to love these government holidays. So that being said, um, anything for the people? Um, definitely follow me on my socials. I am going back to Twitch streaming soon. I mean, I have, like, my occasional run-through of the Dark Souls saga. I will be streaming the storyline of Mortal Kombat 1. There you go. And then I will be always podcasting. I just put up a review for Iron Claw. I also put up a review for Monarch uh, Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. You can always find me here and everywhere else where podcasts are available. I am the podcast mercenary, Christian Joel Rombos, signing off. Till next time, thank you for tuning in, as always. See you later. Peace.